With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Hello? Hello, Gloucester calling in. Hi, Gloucester, Tristina. Hi, Tristina. And Kathy just joined. Hi, Kathy. Hey. Waiting on Tracy. So how's everybody? 
Well, I'm doing okay. I'm in my second home, New York. Okay. Working on elder care duties. How are things in uh, New York? Excuse me? How are things in New York? Well, they're kind of settling down. We've moved my mom into uh, a long-term care facility, and we've got our house on the market for sale. And I'm also working on selling the car, so, you know, it's it's kind of... Uh, she's being well cared for. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, it's sad watching her decline, actually. <laughs> okay. But that's what we all have to deal with. Yeah, yeah. Tracy, did you dial in? Is Tracy on yet? Okay. I know she's about to dial in. Uh, I just got a text message from her. How about you, Kathy? How are things? Good. I was going to ask Glasser what kind of car is it. I'm looking for a new car now. Because <laughs> uh, I, I know it hasn't been driven very much. So. It's not a modern car. It's a 2006 Chevrolet Cobalt, and it's it's the kind that it's got automatic uh, gears, but it doesn't have power doors or power locks. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I mean, it's got the old crank window where you got to roll the window down by hand, you know. Okay. <laughs> Hi, this is Tracy. Hi, Tracy. Hi, how are you guys doing? We're okay. I'm doing well. Okay, so um, the only person who wasn't able to make this meeting was Denise. So all that responded saying that they had this availability are on the call. Um, everyone has the agenda that I sent out a couple of times? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay, great, great. Um, so I wanted to kind of use this as, um, you know, follow-up to the uh, meetings that we had in April, Gloucester. We missed you uh, at the April meeting, but... Everything uh, did go well. Uh, Great. So we did have our, um, darn, it feels like so long ago. <laughs> um, so, and I've been on campus so many times in the past eight weeks. Um, but I, what I comes to mind mainly for me is the board meeting uh, where we had conversations with the dean and, uh, they uh, seem to be on board with our participating in a diversity weekend uh, that will take place in November. And we had said that we would be willing to make our annual fall meeting during diversity weekend instead of homecoming to support diversity weekend. And that seemed to be appreciated by the dean and everyone's seen the email since then. So. Uh, in one way or another, we will have some participation um, in that weekend. But I set up the agenda in a way that I did, and I didn't necessarily ID who was speaking on what, just hoping that we could um, 
just all together have some participation in uh, these points uh, for discussion. Uh, top level are marketing, the scholarship initiative, uh, membership recruitment, uh, new liaisons, and just maybe a little bit about uh, recruitment. And I also should have added on to there a little bit with regards to the entrepreneurship element of what PBAN does and some headway that has been made since April. And that was actually what I was alluding to in terms of having been on campus uh, a number of times. Um, myself and Tracy met with some really uh, great people. Um, and so we hope to have experienced such progress that when we report back to Cuban and the that will really be able to show uh, the uh, show the university has turned a corner in terms of um, supplier diversity. But Tracy, do you want to kind of expand a little bit about that? Sure. Yes, I think it's it's been a, an interesting journey working with the the university. I think the last time we spoke, we talked about the fact that they are trying to formalize a program for supplier diversity, and um, all the way from the top, the chancellor is working to ensure that the the bones are in place for a, a substantial program, and so. Um, between that point where we met uh, Kathy and, and the dean at um, at the homecoming event, um, we've been able to be a part of the uh, African American alumni group efforts to impact the supplier diversity and uh, initiative. And so one of the the things that occurred is we we're given, um, it, it, there seems to be so much, so I'll try and kind of rein it in. But I think one of the major things that happened is we had the opportunity to meet with the new executive uh, vice chancellor who came from Penn State. And um, it, it's interesting how that occurred. We, we had a meeting with Penn State about business, so we actually drove out to State College and when we met with the supplier diversity uh, person there, he was very welcoming, um, very willing to give us information and connect us with uh, more people there who we could do work with. But during that time uh, is when Greg, who's the new vice executive vice chancellor, was hired by Pitt. So um, Dwayne, who's the supplier diversity person at Penn State, actually knew him personally and made a, a connection uh, and a warm introduction to us. But we were able to get in. Um, Tristina was able to set up a meeting with him. So the last visit that we made, uh, that I made to Pittsburgh, we had a one-on-one -on -one meeting with him, and he was uh, telling us some about how surprised he was, how the university, um, I guess, is not very forward in that area in one of his, um, major goals is to ensure that there is a overall supplier diversity um, plan and program. So as he looks to hire his uh, uh, human resources person that will manage that function throughout the university, that's on his mind. But he is committed that he will take his first 
uh, I think it is 90 days, and not really uh, touch much. But once he does that uh, and does his observance, he will uh, then move in that direction. So I think there's so much that I could say. It's kind of a an open thing. But I would say the, the one of the major areas is that the University of Pittsburgh did give uh, IVEX some training business from our initial meeting with their IT department, their internal financial IT uh, systems meeting did result in some business that went well. Uh, we got great reviews and are able to now leverage that for some additional business. So as great. far as we, we know, we are the first company that was brought on as a result of this initiative to give additional opportunities. And so um, that's being reviewed by um, the department that brought us on, and we're being asked by supplier diversity to leverage the, the good work that we did in other places throughout the university. So, And I'll turn it back over to you, Justina, to make sure I cover what you want me to cover. Yes, that was excellent. I would um, only add that, and now my memory is coming back to me. Uh, when we were at the um, Business School's Alumni uh, awards ceremony, the chancellor actually did attend that event, and I got a good one minute in there to uh, do a little bit of a pitch, and he had made mention about uh, some areas where the university wanted to get their hands around uh, some of the functions there, and um, with that information, the next time that I bumped into Kathy Humphreys, who is also Senior Vice Chancellor, uh, along with uh, Greg um, Scott that Tracy mentioned, when I saw Kathy Humphreys and told her what the Chancellor told me, she made the direct connection between my, uh, myself and Greg within probably a day or two, uh, Tracy, and uh, Greg immediately responded and uh, met with us and has invited us to come back and meet with him and with one of the uh, chief officers within uh, the university to talk about um, another piece of uh, business uh, that IBEX offers. And so it has been uh, positive. Uh, also, we've made some inroads with some other places within uh, the city. One so happens to be was a supplier diversity manager or director um, of uh, Highmark Health, who is a Pitt grad um, PBAM member also, right, because I've recruited him because he's also a, a CATS MBA. Uh, so it's, it's been uh, positive in terms of affecting some change. And the city also is big in terms of trying to uh, elevate a diversity initiative and the university from what the dean told us in the board meeting that we had with him at 2017 at Pitt Plan to make that their year of diversity. So we're trying to make sure that they have a good year in, in, in that effort. Fantastic. What What is Greg's uh, last name? Greg Scott. Okay. Gregory Scott. And so he... Um, he was approved by the Board of Trustees, I think it might have been April or March, Tracy? Yeah, I think it was April time frame. Okay. And so all of these efforts that the university is making in terms of strengthening their supplier diversity, 
are being reported up to the Board of Trustees. Uh, so they're holding their feet to the fire in terms of actually making some uh, recognizable uh, advantageous change. Great. Yeah. Okay. So um, another really, really big effort, and I apologize. I kind of did a Kathy and Tracy, but um, Kathy sent me some notes about the meeting she had with Cats Marketing uh, which she had promised to do uh, after, I think, our last uh, call. And so she's met with uh, the, I think it's Marketing and Communications at CAT. And Tracy, you sent me, uh, I'm sorry, Kathy, you sent me a couple of pages of notes, and I swear I looked at it, but I must not have absorbed it. I was kind of on my own thing. I said, let me be a part of this double teaming. Kathy's like, oh, you can make your own. You a second Twitter account, and I did that, and I started tweeting and retweeting more often, and I saw that. I don't know if anyone noticed that Cat's online marketing has begun to include PBAN in it. Um, and so when I went back to Kathy's notes that I wanted to share with everybody, I reread them, and everything that I had started doing was what you had planned on with um, – marketing and communications, and then I understood a little bit more as far as what they were doing. I knew that you were the reason for it happening, um, but I really hadn't uh, absorbed it when I read the notes, but I'm going to let you talk about that. Yeah, and they were really, um, I met with Carly and Tom, and they were really open to being very helpful and to getting us um, plugged into as much as possible what we want to do in terms of pit advertising for us. And, and, and that, when I say advertising, I'm talking almost all social media activity. So it's retweeting things that we tweet, uh, starting to do profiles of some of our alumni that we'll be able to use on our own social media sites as well. And then they also have agreed to make, uh, to try to put together a card um, one of the things I said to them was when I go trying to recruit and telling people about the scholarship program, it's a lot to hand them a whole booklet. And so the, the booklet that they have is a great tool, but it's the kind of thing students are used to picking up when they're at a big conference for that type of thing. It's not the type of thing I can hand out that easily when I just happen to be talking to people in the street or at a happy hour networking event for the chapter. So they committed to putting together something that's small, easy, that you can put in your purse type of document, um, a card, like a five-by-seven card that we can hand out when we're going places, as opposed to the brochures, which I don't even have any more brochures anyway. So. But we also have been connected to their all of our tweeting that I'm doing under PBAN Vice President and stuff that Christina does. And then we are also connected with this program called Google Gaggle Amp, which is like a um, basically it just resends anything that pits in automatically on your social media. And there's an app associated with this, so I get an email. So all I have to do is I the app sends me a note that says there's five things that Pitt tweeted today. I open the app, I read a summary of what those five things are, and I can click 
send them to my LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter, or don't. I can decline them or I can send them. And it's actually kind of a game because you get points the more stuff that you retweet or resend out that Pitt has done. Hmm. So actually, the and and from that, Pete Band Vice President now has 20 followers. So from that, it's a really, really easy thing to do once it's all set up to get information out there. And then I've actually went and followed like five or six other sources that are good sources like U.S. US News education and things of that nature. So I tweet other things that they've 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 picked up and retweeted as well. So it's been a it's been a good relationship. I meet with Carly basically on a monthly basis now. We're gonna have a meeting. And they did give some really interesting comments about some changes they think we should make to the existing stuff that we have. And they also said, you know, hey, um you can put like like small things like on the scholarship information Instead of saying there's a possibility of a waiver, we can actually put the code that waives the application fee. Huh. So there was things like that that they were like, yeah, there's no reason not to because anybody that makes this application this way, we were going to waive their application fee anyway. So why even, you know, that's one less step that they can do. But they were saying that, that we should make it more visual and less written and then have people go to the site to when they log in, they can get um, more information and that type of thing. So that, I am going to work on those, making those changes as well. But I've just got, I'm working on something right now for the MBAs that's over June 25th. So probably in the July time frame, I'll make those changes. But the, the Googling and the, the tweeting and all that kind of stuff is basically almost automatic, um, which is great. So we are getting more of a presence out there. Yeah, you can tell um, other people I, about it. I still wish the only thing I haven't um, gotten any better information on is the website that was set up before, the WordPress website. Oh, from uh, Roxanne. Yeah, and okay. I did reach out to Liddell a second time, and he sent me the list that he had. He actually sent me some information. So, you know, the, the good thing is once we have this presence established and we're tweeting out information people might want, then the, my next step is now we do this uh, membership drive. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think this – go ahead, Stina. No, I was just going to say um, I got that uh, list also. Yes, yeah. So it's – it's um it's coming along. I've gotten what I needed, and I'm getting support from Pitt. Um, and this isn't really my job, but I promised to do it, so I'm doing it. And it's not hard at all. So I, I could, you know, I wouldn't have any problem committing to continue to be the gaggle person that sends out the other stuff. Now, should I the gaggle, the gaggle app, should that be used by just one person, or should we try to get multiple people to use it? So we should, we should try to get multiple people. But the people, the people who use it, would have to have a. Um, it's most useful if the people that use it have P band type names, right, as opposed mm -hmm. to their own names. Okay. Okay. Because what I like, and because, and that's why I keep um, interacting with you because. I'm getting stuff from you, but it's under the title Trekking Girl, which no one knows. That's so I'm why. I'm trying to put, grab it and retweet it as T-Band Vice President. And that's why. And then for some reason I couldn't grab any of the stuff you put out there. 
and I didn't want to send it as Tressy Girl. So, and that's why I created the new um, Twitter account, PBAM President. Yes. Right. So that's no longer a problem, and. I have 188 followers. Yeah. <laughs> hey. But um, I, I cultivated those my, myself. So um, what I tried to do was do what you did and build on it, such as I uh, connected with a lot of colleges and universities because uh-huh. we that's the way of us also um, getting some recruits. And then I also added in my profile, the Google file that has all of our um, marketing materials for the scholarship fund, and then I also, for our webpage on Facebook, I put that in there too. So, um, yeah, I I think, like I said, I I think that this is really going to be successful, and then um, the fact that they put the Latrice profile up there, and they created a whole page for her on the CAT website, and they talk about PBAN and what we're about, and they didn't just say the scholarship fund, and they also, they basically attributed the success of 2014's recruitment to us. So I was kind of blown away by the fact that they did that, and I, you know, kudos to Kathy. Because um, whatever you did worked. Yeah, and they've got um, they've got very, Brian great on deck to be the next uh, the next person to profile. Okay, good. I was wondering about that. Now um, I have a I have a question. I'm I'm from a different generation than the three of you, but uh, I'm on Facebook and I'm on LinkedIn, but I'm not on Twitter, and I see. I see Tristina's Facebook post all the time, and I see LinkedIn stuff. Do I have to be on Twitter to to see some of these other things that Kathy's talking about? Uh, n- yes and no. <laughs> yes, it's good to to be on Twitter because Pitt does a lot of Twitter only of stuff. But right. in the future, the next one of the next steps I want to take is for when I when I put something on Twitter, it goes to three places at the same time. Uh-huh. And we just have to figure out, one of the questions I've asked back to Megan, who's working with Carly, is on Facebook and LinkedIn, they have groups. So right. it's not a particular particular person that sends the email. And when you, when you go on Gaggle, Gaggle says, okay, give me your email name, give me your email address, and your password. I'm trying to figure out how to say to Gaggle specifically, only give me the stuff that went to that group. Right. And that's what I need a little technical help with. So once we get that done, we shouldn't have to, um, you wouldn't have to have three different services. It would be whichever one you happen to be using, as long as you're connected to PBA or one of them. I see. Yeah. And Kathy, I'm not, I'm not real familiar with the application that you're using, but with our company, I know that when we post to LinkedIn, it also tweets it because we have our Twitter account linked in with our LinkedIn account, and then um, also Facebook too. So I know there's applications that you can use that will send them to all three platforms so that you don't have to have the redundancy, and we actually use 
one of those, but I'm not sure how that fits into, you know, the circle there. Yes, no, um, yeah, Hootsuite is one of those services. Yeah. Ten to three things at the same time. The problem yes. that I'm having is um, Hootsuite asks you to log in, give us the login for all three of your things. Yeah. And, for example, Tristina owns under Tristina a group that's called the P-Band group mm-hmm. on LinkedIn. So I can't figure out, or, or Facebook, Facebook's a better example. So Tristina posts her own stuff to her families and friends on Facebook, and then she posts some other time under the group to P-Band on Facebook. Mm-hmm. I can't, and and uh, Hootsuite doesn't ask me to make that distinction. Mm-hmm. It just says, I... so basically all I could put in for a Hootsuite would be Tristina's name and code, and we get all the stuff that she meant to go to her family. Yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to tell Hootsuite I don't want her personal stuff I want the stuff from this particular group. I got you. Right. And, and the same thing with LinkedIn. She she has her LinkedIn account, and under that account is a group that we yeah. set up. So I can't figure out how to grab the group and not grab the person. No, I think you're right because I don't think ours is doing that either. So, but yeah, so yours is probably just a company that owns all three of the things. You're not yeah. under a group. That's true. Yep. Okay. Right. And so... For um, Facebook, the page that I created is actually a a public page or a fan page um, on Facebook. There is a separate group that was created by Kristen Hayes, but I think you're trying to get the the public page, which has more activity on it. The LinkedIn group is actually owned by Floyd, and so you would probably run into the same issue. So we'll we'll figure it out, but um, the only thing that I'm looking at on this uh, web page where they you know they kind of highlighted uh, Latrice and talked about PBAN is that they say that um, her extracurricular activities are largely due to the scholarship she received from the Pitt Black MBA Network. It would be great if they actually said we recruited her. Um, you know <laughs> that's. Yep. What we um, did, that's that purpose. Um, and then another change they probably should make, Kathy, is they said as a result of what we've done, that the school was recognized as number three MBA program in the country with the most black students starting in 2014. They actually tied for number two that year. They were not number three. Wow. Um, and um, they retweeted number two whenever I put it out there on uh Twitter, but that's getting nitty-gritty. The bottom line is that um, what you've done and the work you've done with them has been excellent. I certainly didn't expect to see that about Latrice uh, a couple of days ago and that they dedicated an entire page to her and talked about P-Van, and they mentioned also uh, Gloucester, they mentioned you because you're her mentor. Um right. And they mentioned me at the end, and they had an email address for more information, which was an old company address I had. And I sent Carly the PBAN vice president Gmail uh, address that you gave me, Kathy. And I also asked her to make that update on every web page where they say anything about PBAN, and they give an address, an email address for contact. Uh, so I also I like the um, the idea of the five by seven marketing material because 
too easily and quickly those bigger booklets feel outdated. So I have a bunch of those in my car. Tracy can attest to that. Um, but some of those graduates are from um, three or four years ago. Uh, so, you know, I'm sure it's a lot of money for the unit, for the school to spend to renew those. Uh, so the 5 by 7 is not going to have all that information. If they have a website address where someone can go to where they can easily find all that information, that would work uh, better for them, I think. Yeah, exactly. That's that's yeah. what we're headed towards. And plus, with a little 5 by 7 card, you can staple your business card on it, and yeah. people can stick it in their pocket or their purse. It, to me, it, it uh, works better than the, a bigger book. So, yeah, that was a good idea. Um, I'm going to skip to the scholarship initiative. So Kathy can attest to this. We finally got five people coming in for 2016. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) And that was due to some of the creativity that we decided to use. Uh, The school had someone who was coming in from D.C., I think, and I think he was on the fence. And they said, well, can we – he didn't come through the P-Band Scholarship Initiative um, partner, but the school asked us if we would be okay with them offering him the scholarship, and we said yes, he accepted. And, oh, we also finally got our first person coming in from Indianapolis. Wow. Yes. Outstanding. Yes, and that was a Denise recruit. Outstanding. Yes. Yes. So very pleased about that. Thank you to everyone who participated in that. Um, And I think, Kathy, with what we're doing, promoting ourselves through social media and much more aggressively and routinely, this can be a good way to begin to get people thinking about 2017. Yep. Yep, absolutely. In fact, the, the kind of stuff that I grab is all about, like, paying for school and the best degree. Because I, I grab stuff from other sources like Fortune yes. and things of that nature. So I grab a little bit of everything. Yeah, yeah. And I think what I'll start doing with my uh, retweet is I might start <laughs> directing some of them toward uh, publications locally. and And not just locally, but I was able to grab – some from different uh, regions that are represented by our chapter partners, like Atlanta. Uh, so sending that their way, maybe they'll start asking, okay, who is P-Van, and do we want to know more about them and maybe write a story about it? I don't know, something. And I've also uh, tweeted stuff toward the chapters. So have you done any of that? I can't remember. I haven't. But the one thing that they did mention that we haven't done is they said we should establish a hashtag, right? We should pick what we want the hashtag to be and establish a hashtag and then ask people to go and use the hashtag when they're taking pictures and photos and stuff, right? Okay. So it could be something like, you know, P-Band Pride, hashtag P-Band Pride or something. And that way you can go and when you're looking, you could just look for those words and see 
anybody that happens to be taking a picture out there, happens to be at an event, happens to be doing something where PBAN members are involved, and they add that hashtag, that's a way to go grab your social media and see who's out there doing stuff with it. Okay, do they just want us to do one hashtag, or maybe should we maybe do a couple? You can do a couple, but it's easier if you pick one that people use all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because they can always do hail, hail to Pit as one that Pit will see, but also something specific with the P-Band name in it. Okay, let's yeah, do P-Band right. Uh, I was going to say there is a best practice with hashtags that you do three or more, but I agree that you have the one that's P-band specific, and then you kind of circle around um, the, what you're promoting and then the hail to pit. So right. if there's one that's our, always P-band standard, um, and then even the hail to pit be another one, and then the other one relevant to whatever's being tweeted. Yeah, I like that. I think P-Band Pride is a good one. I think P-Band by itself is a good one. Um, so maybe we can start using those, too, and we can yeah. talk about I'll, how we want to get that out to folks. Yeah, I will check to see that it doesn't come up for something else. Okay. I think I'm, if not, we'll take it. Yeah, I think I may have used that um, for something I've posted, but I think that's an excellent idea. Okay, hmm. I'm going to... So we were talking about the scholarship initiative uh, incoming. We have five people coming in from all over the place. And as a matter of fact, I don't think we ended up in the situation that we fear, which was that we would have multiple people coming from one chapter. Right. Um, and, oh, and by the way, as far as retweeting, I did start retweeting stuff from the Pittsburgh chapter and also reposting, and I got a response back from them saying thank you. So that's also a way to encourage them to be promoting us if we're promoting them. Great. Um, so 2017 strategy, of course, uh, I think through what we're doing in social media, it would be really great if we could attract people to come to learn about uh, the scholarship and uh, the CATS program is by coming to the Diversity Weekend. Um, and so they did put something out there. Uh, what's interesting are admissions and because you're talking about Tom Keller, right? You were on the phone with Tom Keller, Kathy? Yes. Okay. Not O'Toole. Yeah. So are admissions really talking to uh, marketing? Because when the bottom line of my conversation with Tom O'Toole was that PBAM would be listed as a sponsor. But when they put together that website for the Diversity Weekend, PBAM was not listed. And the person in charge of that actually reports to Tom. And Which Tom? Which Tom are you talking about? Tom, Tom Keller. Tom Keller. Keller. So is yes, it Megan or Carly? Or neither. Else? It, um, oh gosh, what was her name? Tracy, was it Melanie? Um, she's a director uh, of recruitment. Yes, I think it's Melanie. Melanie Krogel, something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, I know who you're talking about. But she's in, she's in, uh, 
I'm dealing with the marketing people. You're talking about admissions people, recruitment people. Wait, but Tom Keller is director admissions, of admissions. Right? Tom Keller, that's who you talked to? Wait, maybe I'm confused, but maybe I was with Tom O'Toole. <laughs> I have to look. I have to look at <laughs> uh, Tom O'Toole, because you were on the phone with him. He's the smooth talker. It, was that the person you were talking to? That doesn't. That doesn't mean anything to me. <laughs> 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 I went from pixie smooth to me. <laughs> No, there there's a difference between the two times. No, I know there is. I, now I can't remember which time it was. Uh-huh. My mind is blank. <laughs> okay. So, um, yeah, I wanted to make that point that he said we would be listed as a co-sponsor, and I did run into Melanie when we, one of Tracy's visits where we actually met the treasurer of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania, but um, while we were at this event that that we ran into the dean and talked to him, and, you know, he was very cordial, and we met with, um, we connected with Melanie, and she said she was actually in the process. She'd just been talking to design and the printers or whatever, and they were putting together the marketing that would be mailed out, and I asked her if she would provide us with some of that to get out to people to hand out, and she said that she would. So I don't know if one hand isn't talking to the other hand. Yeah, it was Tom, Tom Keller. Okay, so Tom Keller obviously has not, something got missed. Um, hmm. But that's okay. That's okay. We'll work around them. Okay. Now, can you give me the? Can you give me? I think it's a great idea to leverage this diversity weekend for 2017 potential admits. But give me the dates, uh, if you don't mind, okay. for that diversity weekend. The, diver- the diversity weekend dates are Friday and Saturday. They're November 4th and 5th. There's a possibility that we may actually ourselves want to come in on the third, which is a Thursday. Uh, Melanie, when I talked to her, she said, you know. They'll promote the weekend any way that we want. If we wanted to have some sort of function the night before, they would make sure that the um, students knew that. I also put it to her that they need to think of using us um, not just to connect with just the black students, which was the one of the things that Tom O'Toole was telling me, that he he was funneling information from Bill Valenta on down. And so one of the reasons why I guess uh, they thought, why is there this choice to really have PBAN involved when not that many black students come to the diversity weekend? And I said, but of the students who came, when they knew about PBAN, they all talked to me. And I think at least two or three of those people have been admitted into come in 2016. So there's definitely value um, in that. But I, I made the point of saying since it's Diversity Weekend, you know, if you have times where you're plugging in where we could potentially talk to all of the students who come, then feel free to use us 
in that way. So we'll see what they do. But um, that ties into Gloucester if we're doing something on the third, the corporate corporate sponsorship possibility. So we also, uh, Tracy and I, uh, the week before the PBAM visit, we talked to, we had a one-on-one meeting with the president of UPNC East, uh, he's actually over two hospitals, so he's also a CAPS grad, um, white guy, really nice, um, and I kind of pushed him about, hey, we will help promote your um, your administrative leadership program. So they have a program where they actually, it's, it's a fast track to becoming an executive for yeah. folks who have a master's degree. And usually the masters are um, masters in health administration, but they do also take some MBAs. So he was able to give us some good information, right, Tracy? As far as it would, it would be good that people also took some courses in um, health administration while they're um, pursuing the MBA. So they didn't have to have the MHA, but it would be a good idea that they had some of the health courses. But they said that their um, numbers for um, black people who end up coming through the program have been dismal. Um, and so oh, he, go I'm ahead. Sorry. And now I was going to say, he, yeah, his big thing is um, because of the culture of Pittsburgh and the lack of um, diversity with, um, I guess, in the in the healthcare arena at a high level. Even though they bring in very highly qualified uh, black. Uh, candidates into this executive program where where you are definitely going to end up an executive at UPMC, they end up dropping or transferring somewhere else because they are highly qualified and can go to a a region that is a little bit more attractive. So they're now focusing on how to create an environment that fosters, um, um, I guess, so they won't have the attrition of people um, leaving that high, highly touted program. And I think out of all the applicants, even when they're able to convert those into being a part of the program, they always end up losing them. So they were very excited and interested in PBAN and um, looking to, to help promote that the, a similar model, I think, for, for what they're doing and then kind of co-branding some things to, to get more candidates in the selection process and then people to be able to stay and have more of a support network. So it's it's interesting, but it's kind of weaving through different um, different aspects of the university. Uh, and I, I think that meeting was very strategic and um, the dean is kind of wondering how <laughs> how all that's happening, you know, and he doesn't quite understand how PBAN, I think, is touching so many different areas and kind of bringing things together. So I just say kudos to you guys who are who are doing great things there um, to to really expand the reach beyond just uh, cats, and it's really making an impact. I'll take credit. For, I'll take credit for that and say again. What did I say to you, Tracy? They poked the bear. So. Um, <laughs> <laughs> <Huh>. <laughs> okay. So, um, yes, and so I did say to Mark that we could help uh, co 
market their program um, along with promoting what we're doing with the scholarship initiative throughout those regions also that we already have a relationship with. And because of the issues that Tracy brought up, my thinking is if they are a part of recruiting people to the university to go through the MBA program and people already have an idea that they might want to go in to um, a health field or remain in a health field, um, because they would already be here for those two years in the full-time program, they've already begun to be acclimated to Pittsburgh, right, right. and Pittsburgh culture. And so they're getting to begin to develop a relationship with people two years before they can even enter into that program. Um, and so um, I, I'll follow back up with Mark, but I wanted to talk to you guys about that first and see if you have any issues or concerns about working with them in this way. And I think we should also talk to them about a partnership. I know that they have a diversity committee that they have non-UPMC people uh, sit on, and then I know that there are some other things that we wanted. And I was thinking even for that day before the weekend begins, uh, maybe we could do something similar that we did a couple of years ago and have a visit um, with them on their site and maybe do some things. And if some of the diversity students come in earlier, uh, then that would also be something that they could participate with the board um, and any general members who would come also. Because another thing is that UPMC is doing a lot with regards to IT and innovation over in a section of the town where Google is taking over and everything. And so there are real, some real opportunities to be kind of a part of that and to wow people about what Pittsburgh has to offer. I look at Oakland. Oakland is like an older part of the town when you think of contrasting it with what's happening in East Liberty with all of the um, new buildings, whether it's lodging, uh, the new, um, was, it's called UPMC Enterprises now, but it was called the Technology Development Center. Just so many things that are happening in that section of town, and Pitt is a part of that as well as UPMC. So any ideas, concerns? Uh, Tristina, it sounds to me as if it's a logical uh, connection for us to promote UPMC and for them to promote us. My question is more around the lines of, are there competitors in the healthcare space? And I know in the past we've done some things with Highmark where you might ruffle some feathers with UPMC if we're, um, I guess I'm wondering about the, the, the competitors, the healthcare competitors to UPMC. Are we, you really got to be careful about that. So the only, UPMC is the company who has financially sponsored us in one way or another for the past two to three years. Right. Uh, Highmark has never sponsored us for anything. Oh, I see. Okay. But you bring up a very good point um, because there is another major competitor, uh, not as big in some ways uh, as in others. So, you know, as far as this, this 
marketing piece is concerned, it's not like it's something we can offer to UPMC and also offer to Highmark, right? Right. right. Um, we can't help both of them out with uh, recruitment. But any suggestions anyone has as far as do you think that's a bad idea or how do we work our way around it? I think they've been pretty supportive of us. Um, yeah. Pretty much giving us what we needed for all the events. So I don't have a problem with, with helping UPMC. And yeah. it's, not, it's not as if we can't uh, work with, uh, create a sponsorship plan where we're actually working with a variety of sponsors bringing them to specific efforts that we're doing. Um, right. That's going to take a little bit more um, manpower to manage. Yeah, I'm with Kathy. I think given their history and track record with us, there's nothing wrong with us continuing to uh, be a visible uh, supporter of theirs. Okay. Great. Um, so I think Kathy's already talked about membership recruitment. And the next on the agenda were uh, liaisons. So um, John, actually on what he's done, and he's he's been very good at staying in contact with Tom Keller and getting us updates. Um, I just uh, had a conversation with him a couple of weeks ago and uh, emailed him some information, and I wanted him to also act as our liaison for the Diversity Weekend. And really it's just it's an extension of what he's already doing because Diversity Weekend is really being planned and executed by the admissions uh, department. And so um, if he could just feed us back information, what they're doing, what their ideas on are, how they figure out that they're going to use us, and uh, we'll just work with them that way. We don't want to give them the idea that, you know, we're inserting ourselves in their program. Instead, they're inviting us to participate. And then with Denise, I'm going to just ask her if she'll be the liaison to connect with the school in terms of coordinating anything that we need while we're uh, there on campus. And I you know, I really don't know what that weekend's going to be like, so I don't know if we're going to spend most of our time on campus or maybe if it would be more feasible for us to be off-site. Are we – is there a clear list of who's attending what? Because we've got three things coming quickly, and I I think it was kind of understood every, most people weren't going to make all three because we have homecoming then P-Band weekend and the NBA conference, like two weeks apart, each two weeks apart from the other one. And, Kathy, give me those dates. I've got the homecoming dates, and I've now got the diversity weekend. But what's the date on the National Black NBA? The Black NBA is October 11th through the 16th. Okay. In, in New Orleans. Oh, very good. So, I mean, this is where our efforts to recruit more members and get more people here. I can say looking at 
Lydell's list. And by the way, everybody, so you know that the original list we got several years ago had something like 650 black people on it that were CAT MBA grads. Um, the list that Lydell sent us has 98 people on it, where I'm assuming that he either was able to find some up-to-date information on those people or actually had touched those people by way of phone call or email or something like that. Um, So that's 98 people. And out of that 98 people, the largest group um, are from Pennsylvania. Uh, Yeah, understandably. Yeah. So what he did is he kind of sliced out and he was trying to make contact with people from the mid-90s up until about 2002. So that's really a sliver of a a much fuller list that we have. Uh, So the majority of those people are from Pittsburgh and – no, I'm sorry, the majority of those people are from Pennsylvania. A handful of them are from Pittsburgh, and I did go on LinkedIn today to see if there were folks that I could pull up, there were three that I found that were on LinkedIn that I sent um, my own personal uh, invitation to. Uh, But the point is, we do need a lot of people at Diversity Weekend. I do not know who's coming to what. Um, Our numbers have dwindled a bit. Um, And then we also have to compete with things like, for example, um, Floyd's daughter will be a freshman this year. 2016, so more than likely, if he comes up here at all, it will probably be for homecoming, and it probably would not be for uh, Diversity Weekend, and I'm sure he'll be at the National Conference because he's usually a speaker uh, and does his uh, workshop there. Um, So I'm not real sure on that question, Kathy. Okay. What? What are your thoughts, Dracina, on the board meeting, when the board meeting would take place in the fall? We could still have the board meeting on uh, Saturday. And um, they Saturday, gave, oh, Saturday oh, of, of homecoming? Did. No, November 4th. So I apologize, Gloucester. Let me update you on that. So when we were there in April, after the dean left, the board voted and agreed that we would move our general body meeting to the weekend of the diversity weekend. And oh, so okay. I'm just I'm just gonna link in and say because the general body meeting is that weekend, then also our board meeting would be that weekend. We can Got have it. our board meeting on a Saturday. We'll figure that out based on what the school is using and how the dean will be used. As far as the general body meeting is concerned, I think that's um also pretty um specific to Kathy's question as far as how many people are coming. Um, We always are dealing with this, how many people are coming or how many people can we get to come. I don't know if we should at this time, Kathy, put together some sort of online uh, membership registration form and start promoting that through social media so that we can get contact information from people that they volunteer or what you know i i'm not really sure on that but we could certainly start promoting the visit uh that we're going to have during the diversity weekend but but let me let me um be uh ask the question because 
how many diversity students, how many black students are going to be at diversity weekend? I, we don't know that answer yet. This is only the second, this is only the second time they've ever done this. And there were probably a handful of black people that were there last year. Yeah, so that's what I was trying to figure out. Did we need a big contingent of people for that other than board members who are going to be in town for the board meeting anyway? I I don't know how to answer that question because what we will also want to do our breakfast with students also. Okay. So our, our traditional weekend is breakfast with students, general body meeting, board meeting. So in terms of having a lot of people there, we've always wanted to have a, a larger number of people who were coming back to the school whenever we have this sort of weekend. I don't know that Diversity Weekend is going to be a draw. Um, I was going to say, I think, I think we'll have less people there. A draw for that. Yeah. But I, I don't know that we need a, a large, I don't know that we could support having a pro, program around that. That kind of goes back to what we had tried to do before, which is draw back from doing a lot of additional programming. So I don't want to go back towards that model, you know, just because things have switched to diversity weekend, but we can still do all the the board activities around diversity weekend. So we have a presence there, but if there's only going to be five or six black students that come and there's, you know, five or six of us that attend, then I think that's, you know, more than enough for diversity weekend, but it, I guess it depends on what your perspective of uh, successful um, partnering in that event means. I'm looking for ideas because we certainly have time to uh, go back to the board and change this back to homecoming weekend. Hmm. No, I wasn't suggesting that, but I'm, I was thinking, um, do we need a big contingent of members to attend something, or do we need just the contact and the social contact with a bigger and bigger group of members? What's the what's the point of having them try to come, especially for Diversity Weekend where there will only be a handful of students, and it's not like Homecoming Weekend where there's a lot of black people on campus that we could touch anyway? Yep. I don't have a problem with us moving it to Diversity Weekend and that board is there and that's enough people to cover Diversity Weekend activities. I don't think we need to have, um, well, you know, maybe we don't have a general body meeting or maybe we have an abbreviated mm-hmm. one where people can call in. So my concern with that is, again, um, some of what we're doing seems to be dwindling. And while I can understand the board may be getting smaller, for our planning to become smaller than even our standard set of meetings, may head us in 
a direction that we may not be able to recover from. Um, personally speaking, while I think it's good for us to have representation at Diversity Weekend, I think this particular year, AAAC's event are supposed to be a greater number and type of events this year than before. I think they're having that dinner that they had that very first year at Gloucester. Yeah. Is this for the homecoming weekend, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so I agree that the the benefit of doing things during homecoming is because there's a much more activities and many more people to be a part and to take part. Right. So my, my concern is this. We need to have an in-person general body meeting. And what I've hoped for us to have over the years is that our numbers in terms of general members would increase and that that would be reflected by the number of people who are in attendance at at least our general body meeting. And so if we were to do something like scale back and do call-ins, call-ins would actually be disruptive if we had more people on the phone that didn't even know that much about PBM, but we're going over general body agenda. Yes. There's not much to achieve there, but maybe a lot of confusion. Um, I don't think we should try to do the programming that we did last year because we really haven't shown those numbers yet. This is just going back to we need to reach more people and welcome more people here. Um, I wouldn't mind having a, an event, but an event that's not going to cost us any money uh, type of event, which wasn't the case. Last year, we didn't put anything out of pocket, but the school did, and I wouldn't ask them to do that again until we were sure. So do we need to change back to having this over homecoming and and me just trying to find five black MBA graduates locally to go to diversity weekend? My vote well, is that I, I think it makes sense to do a general body meeting over homecoming because even if there's a big social media push to get more members and everything, there's no real draw for anyone to come or, or, and, and plan a trip back to CATS around Diversity Weekend. So if the goal is to increase membership and to have a general body meeting at a time where we can draw the students, I think homecoming, that, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I know why, you know, we voted on the diversity weekend to, to change it to that. But really, if we're looking at what you just said as our major goal, I think homecoming makes the most sense. And then, yes, we find some um, former CAT um, grads to attend the diversity weekend to represent and be able to talk about the program. And I don't think that um, CATS knows the difference one way or another, really. Yep. I agree. I'm I'm leaning more toward if you really want critical mass and you want to have some rallying points to build membership, homecoming makes a lot more sense. Um, and we can round up a, a representative group to be there for Diversity Weekend so that we have a presence. 
but it's somewhat speculative that Diversity Weekend includes diversity of all types, including uh, LGBT, Hispanic, Asian, blacks, etc. So it's a very broad definition of diversity. Yeah. Okay. So um, I'm just on the computer. And before, when we were, were voting, it was partly because of the fact that the conference and the homecoming are so close together. Yeah, I see that. So they're, they're one week after another, basically. Yes. So the I think that's why we had pushed it out, but we weren't thinking about having general members there because we know that quite a few of our board members need Floyd, Denise, Pam will probably be at conference. Yeah, but I always, gonna... I always thought that we were having – that was why I made the point of the general body meeting when we were there. I I wasn't thinking we're just going to be there for the weekend and then have a board meeting. I was thinking we're having a general body meeting. Oh, we can have it, but I think it's going to be very low attended. There's no, nothing to make – folks come to Pitt just for that weekend that don't live in Pittsburgh, for example, and it's not even a true diversity weekend with activities for them. It's a weekend uh, with a lot of different folks, and it's a recruiting weekend. Right. So after, you know, we make our presence known at probably one event, there's nothing, no activity that people would be coming for that would make a general body person come on diversity weekend. Correct. I agree. Yep. 100%. So that's why I didn't think we were doing the general body, but I, I might not. I didn't make notes on it. So, And I say this, you know, move it back to homecoming. And in all honesty, I'm probably going to be at the conference and not at homecoming. So, Okay. Were you planning to come to the diversity weekend? I don't know. I don't okay. Know. So, Tracy, were you coming to diversity weekend? Um, I think I was leaning towards yes, but that was with the assumption that would be the major event for the fall. Um, I would be much more likely to attend uh, during homecoming, I would say, because at that point I could bring, you know, my family and there's a more of a point to it. Okay. Forrester, how about you? Yeah, as I'm looking at my calendar, I will probably make homecoming this year. Um, and if I'm needed, I could I could go to Diversity Weekend. I can't do the – I probably can't do New Orleans. Um, so that's sort of the way I'm looking at, at my own schedule. But you see, you probably can or cannot do New Orleans. No, I probably cannot do New Orleans. I probably can do homecoming. And I probably could do diversity weekend if you needed, you know, another, a P-band person. Okay. So here's what I'd like to say. 
it's June. Uh, I'll schedule our next conference call for next month. Let's really think about this uh, before I have to go back to the board and either share with them our planning to do everything during diversity weekend or um, ask them if they would take a vote for us to change everything back to homecoming. Uh, not that it's that big of a deal because, you know, we do what it is that we need to get done uh, just to be able to do this in an orderly fashion. But I think we should think about the pros and the cons of um, doing it during the diversity weekend or doing it during homecoming. I like the idea of doing it during homecoming because uh, AAAC is doing some things and maybe there's some kind of way we can attach ourselves um, with more of a presence in some of what they're doing, uh, especially for that dinner. Or uh, if we do Diversity Weekend, I know that there's at least one event that I could probably pull together with our sponsor if we're going to consider that is what UPNC is and talk to them about maybe doing some tours and uh, meetings with some of their uh, leadership. Uh, I think that would be interesting and uh, for our board members and maybe even some of the prospects. Um, but I, I think a lot of this hinges on membership recruitment and regardless of which state we do it, um, you know, we would want to see a lot of people there for the meeting, even if it were over homecoming and those numbers have been dwindling also. Right. So I think Really, we need to think of how do we um, motivate uh, more people to come back during homecoming and participate in whatever it is that we put together, whether those people are local to southwestern PA or outside of southwestern PA. And Christina, have you, um, is there a way you can reach out to some of your, some of the people you know at AAAC? and find out how to get a table in the Cathedral of Learning during homecoming, mm-hmm. during that event. Is there a fee? Yeah, we can find that out. Yeah. That, to me, would be a great opportunity to have a P-Band banner displayed proudly. And because and the thing that I noticed about that is there are some older alumni coming through but their kids are going to pit, and there's so many people go go and make sure they go to that event because it's free food and drink, and a lot of free giveaways. Okay, and but if we could be positioned near the triple A seat table, then we we naturally get black people coming over. Right. right. That's that's a good idea for them, but I'm talking about how do we even get people to homecoming who don't come at all. That's a different problem. I don't know if we can solve that. We we have board members who don't come to our meetings, so. And some of those people will not be encouraged to rejoin. <laughs> hmm. um, because this seems to be more work than anything to try to keep them in the loop. And of course, that's, you know, we can end on a particular agenda 
um, item, which is, um, you know, ideas for who we'd like to encourage to consider board membership. Um, this is the year that we elect a, a secretary uh, as well as the vice president of operations. So Tracy's term in this year, uh, she, I've talked to her about staying on board as VPO. Um, we've also talked about the presidency that she's considering those options. Um, but as far as board seats are concerned, we do really need to have more uh, people involved. Although I, I will say that the, the productivity and the quality of what the few of us have done in the past few months hasn't been experienced for a, a little while. So that's hugely appreciated. Any ideas, folks? Well, I'm I'm meeting with um uh shoot. <laughs> Brandon Spires in July. I've got a a board meeting of of my company in Milwaukee and Brandon Spires and I are meeting on Sunday, July tenth, so I was actually going to um kind of cultivate him to be willing to maybe step up to some type of officer position with P-Band. He's coming off his first term on the board. Right. But I'm trying to sort of encourage that, you know, that next generation people in his his group. Okay. But I haven't really reached out to anybody else, I have to be honest. Okay. How about Kathy and Tracy? Any ideas? I, I don't. The, the only person I know who's been completely all in is um, John Weston. So I'm not sure how interested he is in a, you know, in a, a different position or a, but he is very engaged and uh, seems to volunteer and and execute too. You know, whenever asked. So I think he would be a person that could uh, do a higher level position. Okay. Or just to renew at the in the seat that he has. Right. Um, I I think um, he's somebody he's somebody I wouldn't want to pressure to do more, but is doing a great job in what he is doing. Um, and it's, it's taken us a couple of people before we've actually had a really good person on the scholarship initiative, um, in my opinion. But, um, and he also, I don't, I think he actually did, as you said, Tracy, uh, probably behind the scenes was the person who kind of reignited Lydell, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, so that, that was definitely uh, positive and helpful. So why don't we do this, because uh, we've been on the phone for a while, and I don't want to um, extend anyone's time um, in the call uh, beyond what it needs to be. So our our priorities continue to be increasing membership for the organization, um, maintaining and strengthening our operations, uh, succession, and recruiting 
uh, quality black MBA applicants. I will tell you, I don't know, some of you knew that someone was forwarded to me who was a part who was an administrative assistant at the university who wanted to get information about the scholarship plan and coming on board full-time. Do you guys remember that email? I think Lydell or somebody referred her. And after I emailed her, she actually reached back out to me, and I talked to her an hour or so ago. Um, and it, it was just another one of those conversations. I think this was the the probably the best example of someone who didn't really know what she wanted to do with her career at all. Um, yeah. She was not um, actually a regular employee of the university. She was a temp administrative assistant. And she graduated, I guess she studied French at Pitt and graduated in 2015. And so when I talked to her, she really has no idea, no direction on what she wants to do, and she doesn't have a job. And uh, so we were talking about the programs, part-time, full-time. She really wanted to go straight through school. And really that's the mindset that you have when you're in undergrad. It's not the mindset that I believe you should have in grad school, um, and I told her what the expectations were. Did she, I recommended she really get two to three years worth of work experience under her belt, and right. just just to validate myself, I was looking at recent graduates' LinkedIn profiles and seeing that folks were had work experience at least three years, maybe as much as seven years before they went back to get their MBAs. And I say, even if you were to go into the program, the full-time program, and go through it, you possibly wouldn't get um, that ninety dollars to $100,000 that other people are getting because the reason why they're getting that isn't just based on their academic experience in the degree. It's also based on what they brought before they come into the program. And I think you would be, you would better leverage your time and your money if you spent two to three years getting that work experience, coming back, then pursuing scholarships so you don't have to pay for anything at all. And then going through the program, you'll have much more direction. You'll know what it is you want to do. And then you'll be able to be placed no no more than 90 days post-graduation, which is definitely a cat's goal. Uh, so she listened to what I had to say, but I wouldn't even say she would be good for the part-time MBA program right now. Yeah. Um, but I told her I wished her luck because she could do whatever she, you know, she thought was best and to talk to the people at the school if um, she wanted to get some more insight. Yeah, okay. she doesn't sound like she doesn't sound like the profile of a person that we would be promoting. No, but. no. But her first question to me was, "Are she was asking me whether or not the math classes, the classes that had math, did have a lot of math or something like that?" And so I didn't answer that question first. I actually answered it last. <laughs> um, because I'm always concerned when someone's pursuing the MBA and they don't either understand or feel ready 
to be challenged in that way, um, yep. even though you can help them with that, but also the fact that she studied French, that yep. was also a concern. And none of the careers that she spouted off were careers where people end up in as a result of an MBA. Yep. Okay, so let me just wrap this up by saying, asking if anybody had any questions, but please let's really think about the pros and cons of when we're going to have our P-band weekend in the fall. If we need to change it back to homecoming, that's fine, um, or keep it with diversity weekend. If we do it at one weekend or during the other weekend, if there's some additional things that you think we could do to kind of beef up um, our activities, we could certainly talk about that uh, too. And again, just want to say thank you to Tracy and your efforts um, as far as this really getting this going and really being, you know, we're getting business, but we're kind of the guinea pigs um, yeah. in trailblazing uh, and working with the university at um, various levels um, to really show what a P-band entrepreneur um, can provide to the university. And then with Kathy, with everything you've done in, you know, in two months that they turned around, they actually are using us and are uh, promoting us as well as working with John and getting us finally to the five, which I think this is, is this our fourth year with the initiative? Yep. Yep, that sounds right. So uh, fourth year with the initiative, and uh, the dollar amount is over $700,000 in scholarships that have been awarded through the scholarship initiative. Um, so I thought it was a million, but it's not. But if we get five that actually end up coming in through 2017, then we will have gone over the $1 million mark with the scholarship. Christina, I would encourage you to help in your decision on when to do different activities is do a survey just of the board, a survey of intent to attend. And you put out the three dates of homecoming plus National Black MBA Conference plus Diversity Weekend and get a sense you know, give them a deadline, uh, you know, one week, two weeks, whatever it is, but make it short so you can get some input from board members on what is their intent to personally attend these things because you're trying to craft some activities around as many board members being in Pittsburgh. I can do that. That's a great idea. Yeah. Because I think all of the uh, folks, like in Brian's group, come to the conference for recruiting purposes. Yep. So they're going to end up being ones that attend the conference. Like I know Kristen usually has to be at the conference, but she's recruiting. So is Brian. So. Right. Right. So I'm not sure how that fits in with, Diversity weekend or with right, so there's no chance they're going to do homecoming too, and then because they're 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 traveling the following weekend, right? But they they've never come to any of our activities since they've graduated. 
that's true. That's a different problem. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Like I said, we got board members that don't come, so that the problem is is its own problem. Right, you're trying to distract me here. Like I'm, I'm like okay. <laughs> Okay, I'll take, uh, gosh, I'll take that under advisement. But in the meantime, if you guys can think of the pros and cons of our not just scheduling, right? It's not just right. our personal schedules. It's also for the good of the organization, which is going to work. Because I can put out the survey. Um, the survey is really about learning what your personal right. schedule is is in your constraints are going to be. But in terms of the organization, especially in this role as an officer, we're not only looking at what's good for ourselves individually, but what's good and what's going to work for the organization. And it could go either way. I could see it may be a better case for us to just move it back to homecoming quite personally. Um, and then, you know, whoever can come up for Diversity Weekend does. Um, and we take it from there. That will also make things simpler for us with regards to working with the school as far as how involved we would be. Right. I agree. Okay. Any Any last points from anybody, Tracy? Nope. I'm good. Thank you. Kathy? Nope, I'm good. Gloucester? No, just congratulations to uh, Kathy, Tracy, Tracina. A lot of great progress is being made, so uh, um, kudos to all of you. Thank you. Thank Thank you for your continued support. Everybody have a good night, and if you're having good weather, enjoy it. If you're not, (laughs) stay safe. Okay. Bye-bye. Take care, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.